Cheers, y'all. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known internationally Hi, as the world-famous Smokin' and Toastin'. Welcome to show number 252. Man, that is halfway to 300. I, I'm, I'm, I'm truly amazed that no one has stepped in to stop us. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> we've, been doing, we've been doing this for a long time Five now. Five years. I know. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Think about how much alcohol we've consumed just on the show. <laughs> Not even counting outside the show. Just, just on the show. Yes, uh, I'm so complaining about that. Yeah, I know. You You seem to be having a hard time. I need to have a talk to the, with the boss. Yeah, that's good. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll try to set that up for after the show. Well, welcome to show number 252. We are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Great and fun and interesting shirts for cigar lovers on the web. You can find them, uh, oddly enough, at mycigarshirts.com. That's mycigarshirts.com. That's where it's you found at mycigarshirts.com. Yeah. Believe it or That's not. amazing. Yeah. yeah, talk about having a name that leads you right there. I like that uh, they have comfy T-shirts. Yes, they do, and they started under 20 Ooh, bucks. So they're... You know what? It's getting time. Do we have some Ooh, new it's going to be uh, hoodie, uh, time. hoodie time. Yeah, there hoodie are new things? hoodie designs on the way. Nice. So that'll be fun. Well, uh, welcome to the show. Today, uh, we will be talking about something that everyone should be up to speed on, the 13 types of whiskey that you should know. 13 types of So did you know there were 13 types of whiskey? Well, I pay attention to a few of them. Yeah. Well, I didn't we'll, know there was 13. Well, we'll walk through the whole list. We'll see how, how good you're doing at, uh, <laughs> at, at, at paying attention right. to, the, to the full list. This may be like new goals. I have a feeling you're going to go, oh, yeah, I knew that. Yeah. I yeah. knew that. Yeah, I knew that. Uh, also, going to be doing some very interesting tasting in, you know, in the perfect sort of synchronicity that we like to do here on the show, since today's uh, big headline story that we're going to cover is 13 types of whiskey, I thought it'd be the perfect week for us to taste a tequila. <laughs> so, uh, we'll... I like how you keep the continuity there. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's, all, it's all in the planning. You know, it's all in the planning. Uh, we'll be tasting uh, something new called Demetrio. Their Añejo tequila will be a part of what we'll be uh, checking out today, as well as... If you're paying attention to this video, you will also notice that yeah. Mr. Twirly Gig... Oh, yes, Mr. Twilligan. and running. Yeah, we have found a way to attach a, a battery pack to him, because so, the batteries keep dying on Mr. Twirligig. I, <laughs> I, I have a sneaking suspicion that people come in here at night when we're not using the studio and just turn it on and watch it, and they run the batteries down. That's the only thing I can <laughs> think of. It's got to be it. Yeah. What is Mr. Twirligig doing when we're not looking? <laughs> exactly. He's partying he, his own He's thing. expending his uh, his power uh, in a wanton sort of way. So anyway, he's, he's uh, plugged into a little uh, uh, power bank, and he's twirling now with the Demetrio Añejo tequila. And as you can see, Ian, I, I, I wanted to tell you about this. You know, I, I'm really committed to safety here on the show. Yes. And, and to cleanliness. Yes. And uh, when I first acquired this bottle of Demetri Demetrio Añejo tequila, um, it was, I'm going to go ahead and use the word Dangerously, the liquid was dangerously high up the very tall neck of that bottle. Well, that has to be taken care of. Yeah, so I not only took care of removing the plastic wrap so you wouldn't get like finger cuts, 
Uh, yes. But I uh, also took care of t just getting a little tequila out it's of the nice bottle. It's nice that you clear the neck so we yeah. don't have to worry about That's it, right. you know. No spillage. Right. You know, and that, there's always that initial, like, when you, especially how long the neck is on that, there's always that initial little glug that happens. Uh-huh, and it can just and bounce it can just, out yeah, over the countertop. you can drip some on the table you by accident. You get something on the floor and slip, except that it's carpeting, but hey. <laughs> it, could, it could happen. We're all about safety. Yeah, we're all about safety. So I've taken care of the safety precautions for you. That's that's you know I'm good like that. That's how I like to. That's how I like to roll. Uh, <laughs> Bruce is calling us out. What he goes, say? oh, I get it. <laughs> the plug for the sign had to be used for the plug-in for Mr. Rodriguez because we don't have the neon behind us today. Uh, but he that's is all right. Us out. All right. Where did the neon? You caught go? us. Where did the neon go, Adam? Is it just? Just forget Adam was Adam was furiously <laughs> setting up all this other stuff. Yeah, he was trying to get Mr. Twirly Gig working because we know how popular Mr. Twirly Gig is. Well, and then you came in talking about listeners. fantasy football, and everything went out of his yeah, head. Yeah, well, I'm I'm zero and two in fantasy football, <laughs> so it's not uh, there's not much to talk about. I can tell you that. Uh, we can talk about some beers, though. We're going to be tasting something that, as far as I know, is brand new. I saw it for the first time. Actually, my, my wife found it at the uh, uh, at the grocery store at HEB and brought a can of it home. It is Yangling's Flight, which they hail as the next generation of light beer. Oh, I, so, you know, so I saw this on a tap yesterday, but I didn't try it. So it's going to be interesting because last week we had the Untitled Art ultralight beer, mm -hmm. which was clearly designed to go at Michelob Ultra. And we'll talk about this more when we get to the can, but this appears that they're kind of targeting that as well because it's very low in calories and carbs. Yes, and I would have tried it except for right next to it was the 11 Below Oso Bueno. <laughs> yes. and so I know. Uh, yeah, there's some things, you <laughs> just, mean, come on. some things you just have to allow to happen the way they're meant to happen. This is a funny play in words because it's called Oso Bueno, but right. O-S-O, like a, yeah. like, like, like a bear. Like a bear, and yeah. it has a bear on the thing. <laughs> I love it. Uh, from Victory Brewing Company uh, in Downingtown, Pennsylvania. I used to live in Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania, which is, you know, a hot skipping a jump from Downingtown, but more importantly, I was introduced to the entire Victory line of beers that I existed. I didn't know you ever lived in Pennsylvania. Yes, yes. I was in Bryn Mawr so in the I suburbs of Philly. I was very young, I lived in uh, Sewickley, Pennsylvania. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I... Just outside I, of Pittsburgh. I never picked up the Pennsylvania accent, but, uh, uh, but you know, I, I learned to recognize it when I hear it. You know? With the word yuns. Yeah, and worder. <laughs> worder. <laughs> worder, yeah. Uh, but in, in any case, we are uh, going to be tasting a new brew. As far as I know, it's new from Victory. It's called Brotherly Love, and it is a hazy IPA. Love that already. So we'll be trying that out. And then we return to a specialty brew from Firestone Walker, one of our uh, well, you know, one of our definitely favorite, favorite breweries. Um, we have their 2112. Or I'm sorry, not twenty one twelve. Twenty one twelve. I started thinking. Well, okay. So the beer is called Parabola, which is also a Tool song title. Uh huh. Uh, and so I started thinking rock and roll, and then instead of reading twenty twenty one, my brain went twenty one twelve because I was thinking of Rush. Yep. So anyway, it is the Firestone Walker twenty twenty one Parabola Vintage Number no. Twelve. Imperial Stout. So, <laughs> That's easy for you to say. Yeah, and easier to drink, I have a feeling. <laughs> uh, so we'll look forward to that. So it's this year's uh, uh, Parabola Vintage, and it should, be, uh, it should be interesting. Parabola. It's not just Parabola. a tool song anymore. Parabola. Do, 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 right? <laughs> uh, no, that's Menomina. <laughs> you knew I knew where you were going with that. That's pretty good. Uh, drinking News is on the show today. Our Drinking News teaser headline... I thought this car looked familiar. 
Now that's very vague. We'll just have to get to the story <laughs> uh, when cool. we get to it. Have you ever lost your car? Uh, I have not. Well, for how long? <laughs> <laughs> I have a I have a buddy of mine that lost his car. Uh, Actually, a couple times, uh, he was convinced it was stolen, so he called the police and he parked it around the block. I've never done that. When he was drunk, I've never done that, but I have. uh, I have been unable to locate it in the place that I parked it a time or two, including one where I decided that it was the universe telling me I needed to take a taxi home anyway. Uh, You know, and I went back and found it the next day. But man, I at one point in time, uh, I needed a vehicle and I bought a black SUV. You know how easy that is to find in a parking lot? Oh, yeah. Good luck with that. (laughs) (laughs) For the first month that I owned it, like I just had to walk around a parking lot hitting my key fob. (laughs) Yep. Where are you? I've done it. We promised you this last week, and we never got to it, so we will today for sure. Six New England breweries that you may not know about but probably should. Right now. And right now. And apparently um, there are shortages. You know, this pandemic thing, as far as I'm concerned, has now gone too far. I'm pretty much over it. I, I think, I think too, we I should th- quit this pandemic. I thing. think everybody's over it. I was uh, uh, out uh, last week and was at this you know big like gathering of people, and like it seemed like nobody was bothering to wear a mask anymore, uh, despite the fact that the numbers are where they are and all that kind of stuff. But now the pandemic, as far as I'm concerned, has gone too far. Now it's affecting the availability of alcoholic beverages. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. This is this is going to be a problem. This is going to be a problem because, let's be honest. No, that's the wrong button. I knew that wasn't what you were going for. No, I was going for. It won't stop. There you go. Uh, this, you know, alcoholic beverages are the only way we made it through the pandemic, as far as I'm concerned. So they they, they can't. We can't get to a shortage of them now. We're not done. Yeah, so, that's, this is the wrong time for a shortage. Of so, However, uh, yeah. there are a lot of locals putting out stuff. So yes, there you are. Know, go buy mm-hmm. local. So we have uh, all kinds of things to talk about today. It's been uh, uh, another whirlwind of a week for me, but I did have time to stop and smoke something interesting, and I'm guessing perhaps you did as well, huh? Uh, yes. I had a feeling. <laughs> I stopped by Casa this morning. I had me a feeling. I haven't been over there in a little while. I said hi to Steve over there. He's super nice uh, holding it down. Um, I was asking what was new, and he pointed me to this uh, brand new, like just came out, Aging Room Rare Collection. Mm. I think I saw something uh, online about that, but I have not had one. Yes, I had the. Uh, I picked out the uh, Scherzo size, which is a five and a half by fifty-five. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, aging room is made by uh, guess who? Rafael Nadal. It's, it's made by uh, AJ Fernandez. This one's made by AJ. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's uh, Rafael Nadal, but uh, it's made by made by AJ. AJ. Okay, well, I'm sure it was really really a difficult thing to smoke. <laughs> this is a Nicaraguan puro. Um, the what appearance on this, at. yeah, the appearance on this reddish brown, smooth overall, slightly oily, uh, medium firmness overall. Had a pigtail at the cap. I got a nice picture of that pigtail, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, just because if you're not sure what that means, that's where they they take and twist the uh, tobacco at the cap instead of doing a smooth. And the idea is that it, if you don't have something to clip your cigar with, you can just kind of twist that off. Yeah, and it you opens can twist up the right head off. of the cigar. So I used a clip on mine, however. Let's mm-hmm. see. the uh, Oh, it had a, a nice Aging Room Rare Collection label and then the Raphael Nodell label uh, underneath it. Nice. The uh, pre-light sniff on this, earthy, spicy, with a little fruity sweetness to the smell and a little bit of leather going on. 
uh, pay attention to that because those things are all showing up in this cigar. Mm. The uh, Prelite draw, I used a clip. It had a pleasant draw, just enough of a, um, just enough uh, resistance to make it pleasant. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, the the Prelite draw on this was bright and fruity with some spice and an earthy background on it. Nice. So I didn't expect so much fruity on a Nicaraguan burrito. Yeah, that's interesting. It was interesting. You're expecting you're expecting to get earth and pepper. Yes, earth you know? and pepper, definitely. And sometimes chocolate. Right. But uh, fruity. I didn't get sometimes. any chocolate in this cigar. I'm going to go ahead and put that one out there right now, as weird as that is. Yeah. This cigar had some things going on. The uh, initial light had, of course, the... Uh, I need to come up with a song for this. Every time we say it, we need to play like a little clip. Nicaraguan of it. pepper blast. Yes, it had I was Nicaraguan thinking about that today. Blast. We need a little Nicaraguan, like, Nicaraguan pepper, pepper blast. Yeah. <laughs> like, like they used to do on Syphil and Ollie. Did you ever see Syphil and Ollie? Uh-uh. It was the show with the sock puppets that was on like MTV or something. Oh, I remember years that ago. it existed. Yeah. yeah, and they would have like a little song, which was basically just them. Strumming a guitar and shouting the words of, of oh, whatever yeah. it was. Nicaragua <laughs> Pepper Blast! Woohoo! Uh, anyway, go ahead. So, uh, yeah, so the Nicaragua <clears throat> Pepper Blast, backed by Earth and Leather, a little cayenne pepper in the back of the palate, retrohale. Oh, sorry, I'm a little ahead of myself. That's the initial light. Nicaraguan pepper blast back by... Yeah, no, no, that's where we are. Sorry, I'm getting scattered here. It was the puppet, the sock puppet Yeah, the sock puppet. I was thinking sock puppets. Uh, the cayenne pepper in the back of the palate. Uh, Retro Hill is strong, spicy, and peppery. The first third of this. Spicy and sweet. The sweetness reminded me of apple pie. It had this real deep, rich mm, sweetness nice. to it. Um, the spice is like cinnamon and pepper. It was super, super good right off the bat. The Retro Hill, sweet cedar and coffee with pepper. I will tell you, the Retro Hill was strong. So you mentioned like, cayenne. Make, if you get make cayenne, your nose burn just a little bit. If you bit. get cayenne in the Retro Hill, it can, it can like you know, affect you a, a little bit. You know? <laughs> yeah, it made my, it made my eyes water just a touch at first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now. Uh, hold on to that thought because the second third of this cedar and leather make their presence known here with a distinctive earthiness as a foundation. Uh, pepper and spicy apple pie remains in the background. The retrohale is sweet cedar and coffee backed by pepper and cinnamon. The hmm. retrohale actually got a little calm down on it and uh, and became very pleasant. Like I, I enjoy the retrohale on a lot of cigars. Like mm-hmm. that's a huge part of sure. A huge part of the flavor. And, man, the retrohale on this just became wonderful. The last third of the cigar, a run had developed. I took a picture of it. Oh, very interesting. This run actually was a pretty sizable uh, little run down one side of the cigar. You know, I, the uh, construction from AJ and from um, Aging Room, I mean, both generally quite fantastic, good. Fantastic, usually, yeah. yeah. And so, but here's the deal. The run, the run developed, and then I, uh, I touched it up. And it was fine, like hmm. literally one touch That's up, what you would hope for. and it was fine. So it was the perfect, like best case scenario mm-hmm. when that happens, because it was a pretty good side of the cigar mm-hmm. that it started happening on. I just didn't let it get uh, super far either. Uh, the cedar uh, is very prominent here in the last third of this, backed by earth and sweet fruity flavors. Pepper and leather play around the palate with a slight tanginess. The retro hails creamy cedar and chicory coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, by the end of this, that uh, that burn had gone back to like almost perfect. Just being almost yeah. Straight, huh? I mean, I, it was literally just a couple moments. Interesting. And then it went back to almost perfect. Well, you know, I don't mind tending a cigar a little bit as long as it doesn't become so much tending that it kind of detracts. If from it's the enjoyment. distracting, yes. Yeah. Once, 
maybe even twice if all I got to do is go, shh, you know. Yeah. I don't think about that so much. So I, I didn't mark anything off of this cigar. Now, keep in mind, the cigar was $15.60. Oh, yeah. Okay. This is not a cheap cigar. Yeah, no. This is a super premium. And in that, this is double the price of a lot of cigars that yeah, I enjoy. It's double the, just about double the price of even like a Bella Artez or something from AJ yes, that's, yes. that's quite good. Yes, and it was double the good Really? Uh, was, this whole cigar, like, I mean, I don't know if you could pick up from what I said through here, but the flavors were right up my alley. Uh, I enjoyed everything about this cigar. The Retro nice. Hail was absolutely fantastic. It gets a solid five. For a $15 cigar, that's On a, a $15 cigar. Yeah, that's It gets something. a solid mm-hmm. five. It's worth every penny. Buy this cigar. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is like, priced at almost what you'd call a special occasion cigar. And, and what is the name of this one again? This it's, is the Aging Room Rare Collection. Rare Collection, okay. Yes, and it was... I gotta go get one. Absolutely fantastic. I, I enjoyed it, I it love, so much. I love when you have that cigar that's just like... One that's just really outstanding, and you go, oh, that was now, so, you know, I will tell you, this above comes the, above the pack. This comes in strength wise at like a medium to medium plus, mm-hmm. maybe almost full at the very beginning, but yeah. a medium to medium plus. Um, this is also a spicy cigar. If mm-hmm. you're into, uh, okay. if you're into super smooth and creamy cigars, this might not be the step you want to take. But if you like something with big flavor, and uh, I was just wishing that I had. A nice, uh, like a rye whiskey or something that would just go with it really well. Mm-hmm. Something with some cinnamon yeah, and yeah, some of those right, things yeah. in there, you know. And maybe a little chocolate flavor in the whiskey would have paired with this little, in a beautiful, beautiful way. A little Angel's Envy rye, like the yeah, bottle I got man. from someone that for Christmas. That stuff's so good. Yeah, it so is. So good. Really is, so. Well, that's that, uh, that sounds like it was really awesome. And so speaking of... Uh, uh, Speaking know, of really awesome, really awesome. <laughs> Thank you for my show beer, by I the way. It. Oh, you're right. How is that, by the way? I know we haven't reviewed it, but uh, <laughs> this is, it's, it's this the Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest. They spelled it A C H T O B E R from Eighth Wonder, which is a local. It says Oktoberfest, and then underneath it, it says O K T O B E R Fest. Oktoberfest. They went. They had it both ways. like, just in case you're confused. Exactly. So it's good, though. It's quite good, actually. It's 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 quite a. What I didn't get margin. any, but I made a quick run into Specs yesterday and noticed that the Guten is it Guten Tag Guten Tag is back from St. Mm-hmm. Arnold. So I think that's a seasonal that's now. Great, it's is a it a wonder. seasonal? They had it for a I, while. I don't they? know if it's around all all year. I didn't see a lot of it last year, so and that's a yeah. go to for me. Like it's the Guten Tag is so good. Yeah. It's wonderful. Well, uh, I tried something uh, interesting. You went with uh, you know uh, a. You know, a, a bigger cigar. Uh, I went against type for me and went with what I thought, at least, was going to be a lighter cigar. Mm-hmm. I uh, decided to smoke the Christoph Shade Robusto. Now, I might have been able to pick up just from its appearance and, you know, giving away the, uh, you know, the punchline here, this didn't turn out to be nearly as light as I thought. I think if you put the word Kristoff on a cigar, it starts at medium. Uh, well, that that should I don't know that given, they actually make That should have given something that, right? away. But this is a shade cigar. It's a lighter, you know, I smoke a lot of Maduros and, and, and um, you know, bigger cigars, uh, Nicaraguan uh, cigars with Criollo wrappers and all, things like that. So for me, this is a little bit lighter. But if you were to compare it to say, a Monte Cristo White or a Rocky Patel Connecticut. It right. was a darker, 
uh, wrapper on the cigar. So that was the first uh, the, the first clue I had that maybe this wasn't going to be exactly what mm-hmm. I was expecting. The uh, Christoph Shade was renamed and rebranded a while back, at least according to Cigars International. They say that it was formerly known as the Britannia Reserve, but it's now called the Christoph Shade Grown, and I uh, did not get one from Cigars International. I got this from the Humidor Specs. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, the wrapper is darker than you'd expect for Connecticut Shade, uh, but it is uh, using a Connecticut Shade wrapper that's grown in Honduras. Even though it's a little bit darker, it is a Connecticut Shade wrapper. And the uh, Shade Grown Robusto features a Dominican binder and aged Nicaraguan and Dominican filler tobacco. Pre-light on it was earthy, notes of vanilla and some spice. And it also had a pigtail cap, which you can see in the uh, ah. photos. Uh, but I did the same thing as you. I We're clipped like pigtail it. twinsies today. It did have a shaggy foot. Uh, those always take a moment or two longer to get lit properly, but it lit up just fine. <laughs> it always messes me up when you have a shaggy foot or a closed foot. It's hard to tell what the draw is going to be Well, exactly. that's right. And you're trying to, to detect the flavors on the pre-light draw and nothing's coming through. <laughs> uh, so, it, yeah, it can, it can make that a little harder. Um, there was a little bit of black pepper on the palate when I lit this up, but not a lot. It was definitely not the Nicaraguan pepper blast. No Nicaraguan yeah. pepper blast. Uh, in the uh, first third, there really wasn't a single dominant flavor that took charge. It had flavor, but it wasn't. There wasn't one thing in there that kind of stood out among uh, among all of it. It. Um, uh, it had earthiness, it had dried fruit, and it had a little bit of a creamy flavor, which you might expect from a Connecticut Shade-wrapped cigar. Uh, the most important thing, though, to note here is if you are looking for a milder Connecticut Shade-type cigar, this is not it. So don't use this as your <laughs> as your intro to, uh, uh, to lighter cigars. Uh, it's fully medium-bodied. It's not too strong, but strong enough that I know most of my lighter stick friends would probably find it to be mm. a, a bit much uh, for their palate. Second, third, develop some minerality, a little bit of nuttiness, and more creaminess. The construction was pretty decent on it, although... At about three-quarters of an an inch long, uh, the ash mistook my little Bluetooth keyboard for Ian's shirt and went diving for it. Uh, And so I had to stop and and clean up the mess. Uh, And then when I went back to the cigar, I noticed it was starting to leave a little bit of a black pepper tingle on my tongue, which Mm -hmm. I I really like that when cigars do that. Uh, Pepper developed into the most prominent note by the final third. Uh, I vacillated between between being happy about that because of the flavor and being a little disappointed at finding it just a tiny bit of harshness. Not okay. a lot, but uh, but a little. Um, the Shade Robusto, a very rustic cigar. It is definitely not the prettiest girl at the dance. Um, it, um, uh, how, how should I say this? Um, it, it made me expect from the look of it that there might be some construction issues with it. It was, just, it was pretty rustic. Uh, but uh, I didn't have any at all. The cigar burned uh, well once I got the shaggy foot going, and it didn't need any uh, any touch-ups. I enjoyed the Christoph Shade Robusto, but if I'd been expecting a really lighter, you know, Monte Cristo white-type cigar, it would have really thrown me off. Overall, I liked it, had fun smoking it, and I would recommend it for people who like medium-bodied cigars, for sure. Uh, It was a little longer than a lot of Robustos, and that was nice. Smoking time was just a little under an hour. Uh, At $8, I'm going to take a half point away for that little bit of harshness. It's just, you know, if it were 6 I probably wouldn't penalize it. But at $8, 
I'm now comparing it to some of my some sort of, of your go-to, go-to yeah. uh, cigars, and uh, I'm going to give it a 4.5. I would smoke it again. Hopefully that little brief harshness was isolated to just this one cigar, and I did enjoy it, but... Uh, yeah, I, I can't quite give it a perfect score. And that's the same price range. I had the Bella, uh, Bella Artes Maduro just yeah, the other see, night. And that's just such Whoa, a wonderful so cigar. Good. So at that same price range, yeah, you can't give yeah. this. Although I would rate the Bella Artes at that price, I'd rate it above a five. So uh, Christoph is one of those companies, <laughs> uh, I love their Maduros. Well, that's what that I've normally had from them. And it's just this foot Maduro. And it's got such a chocolatiness to it. standard yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah it's so yeah. good. It's good stuff. Anyway, uh, so this is recommended. And I, I liked it because it, was, it gave me a little something other than what I was expecting. And mm-hmm. that was kind of uh, nice. nice. So, all right. What we are expecting to do today is drink Añejo tequila. And uh, who knows? Maybe a little bit of uh, light beer. The next generation of light beer from Yangling. Next generation. Yeah, that sounds pretty all-encompassing. Yeah. Oh, it does. Yeah. <laughs> Not Star Wars. Star, Star Trek. Trek. Yeah, it's Star Trek. So, uh, made the classic Yangling, mistake. Yangling, the next generation, when we come back. And we also will tell you about some cigars to watch for that are coming soon to a store near you. It's Smoking and Toasting. Welcome back. It is smoking and toasting. We are so thrilled to have you guys all gathered around with us uh, today as we do show number 250. What did I say? Two? Is it 252? I, I moved off of my... It's easy. Uh, Just take 300 two, and divide it by half. You get 252. 252. That's where we are. Well, anyway, welcome to the show. We are glad to have you here. I want to apologize both to Ian and to our listeners and viewers for buying, once again, by accident... The weeniest cups we've ever used on the show. They are. Uh, they are those ones no, with the you little got the, shot glasses. You got the, uh, I totally did not mean to do that. The ones I, with the little shot glass. Thing I was in at the middle. specs, and I hadn't even I hadn't even thought about buying cups. And I was like pulling into the checkout aisle, and I and I saw a package of cups sitting there, and I was like, Oh no, I forgot to get cups. These look good. I'll get them. And it wasn't until I got them home. That I saw that they're the ones with the little. I don't know. What would you do? Like then, you're putting a shot in your beer? Is that what that's you've for? You've done this before. You I know. know. And we like basically had to work our way through that allotment of cups. So today you'll have to pour in and around the uh, uh, the center there. To make I'm going to make work. it difficult. I'm going to pour it directly oh, in the great. center I, only. I, I knew you would. Thank you for that. <laughs> you know, uh, sales of wine, beer, and liquor soared during the pandemic. Not surprisingly, because many of us took to nightly cocktail hours to try to make it through this thing. That sounded great, by the way. Uh, But according to NPR, liquor shortages are still continuing as some states, including Vermont, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Ohio, are still having supply chain issues caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. Some of the problems have to do with the logistics of shipping alcohol and getting it to neighborhood bars, stores, and restaurants, and a truck driver shortage has caused a bottleneck. In some cases, a shortage of actual bottles is to blame for the lack of booze. So um, uh, I, I don't know how we get this fixed, but some states are telling people be flexible uh, with their tipple. Others, like Pennsylvania, are going a step further. They're rationing their liquor supply with purchase limits. This uh, is this. Did you ever think you would live in a country where they'd be rationing liquor sales? 
Madness. Uh, uh, Sean Kelly is a representative for the Pennsylvania Liquor Control Board. And by the way, in Pennsylvania, uh, I think we've talked about this before, but uh, I remember from living there, you have to all liquor and wine has to be bought at a state-owned store, mm-hmm. and beer you can buy from the beer distributor. Yes. Or you can carry a six-pack out to go from your favorite restaurant sometimes. And bar. And bar. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's um, a weird. That's a weird thing, by the way. Going into a bar, grabbing a six-pack, and coming out. Mm-hmm. That feels weird. Because yeah. you know I've lived in Texas so long. Yeah, I know. Where where you'd be immediately tackled by police in the parking lot if you carried a six-pack of, of beer. <laughs> Although I understand that's changing, though. That is. Yeah. That's changing. Yes. Yeah. So. So. Yeah. Our, our um, laws are changing like. A whole bunch lately. It's well, very bizarre. and a lot of it was because of the pandemic, the changes mm-hmm. in uh, you know the uh, brewery and uh, brew pub laws and and the tap room laws and and your ability to carry out. It's gotten a little bit easier, and I think overall that's uh, that's actually a good thing. So when I lived in Pennsylvania, it was when I really discovered Yangling, and it is really Yangling is. To Pennsylvania, basically, like Shiner would be yes. to us here in Texas, yes. right? It is well. It used to be Rolling Rock too. Yeah, Rolling Rock. But Rolling Rock got bought and Rolling diluted. Rolling Rock got bought and totally diluted. I used to drink Rolling Rock a lot. Oh, I no, actually really it, liked it's it. It's not, the and same. it's not the same. It is now a bargain basement beer, yes. and it's not good. Yeah. Uh, but Yangling stuck to their flavor, stuck to their quality, and they are a thing. Even if you're just changing planes in the uh, Philadelphia airport, you can find a Yangling uh, to you know to carry yes. onto the plane with you. Or I don't know, will they let you carry beer onto the plane again? No, no I, don't I don't think, think so. so. They used to. You it can was, buy beer on the plane sometimes. Though, yeah, but I, depending I don't on to, the flight, uh, I think it depends on the flight because a lot of lot of flights they don't offer alcohol. In any case, um, uh, Yangling is the thing, and uh, we've not been able to get it here in Texas for a long time. That just opened up. And we, I discovered when my wife brought this home, this Yangling flight. If you look at it as it spins on Mr. Twirly Gig, you can tell just by the design of the can they're going after Michelob Ultra here. Oh yeah. And so while we found Untitled Art, their ultralight beer that we had last week was, it was okay, it was good, but it wasn't. It didn't have as much flavor as we were hoping it would have, right? <laughs> it, was, it was near odorless and flavorless. We were hoping from Untitled Art but that we, there'd be But we more. also decided when you're drinking a beer like that that is intentionally low-carb, low-calorie, uh, those kind of things, mm-hmm. okay, that you also have to put it in some perspective, meaning— Absolutely. Meaning uh, at that point in time, you're not drinking— uh, barley wines most of the time, or right? Heavy, you know, double IPAs and things like that. So uh, that whole like, you know, a cracker's real good if you're hungry. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> you know, you're absolutely right. You know? If you're on a like so carb restrictive diet and you've been, you know, denying yourself any beer at all, and you get a chance to drink one of those, it's probably a pretty yeah. I mean, awesome if you've thing. been like, oh, I can drink is vodka recently, then yeah. it's probably a pretty good tasting beer at that point. Well, I thought we'd see how Yangling did at an attempt at essentially doing the same thing because Yangling, regular Yangling, and I've had Yangling Light as well, and they both have a strong flavor to them. They're not like a a, a Budweiser or a Miller. You know, where it's just kind of a mediumish uh, flavor. It's, it's a little bit no, stronger. No, it's got a good prop yeah, flavor. It's stronger. Too. So it. Th- I mean, I I, it'd be let me be honest. I love Yingling for the fact that I haven't been able to get it for a long time. It's something different. It's right. fun. I don't think it's the greatest beer out there, but it's I a agree. good beer. It's a good and it's beer. a good standard. I'm glad we have it now here in Texas. I think it's funny though that uh, I'm pretty sure that what happened is Yingling was trying to get around TABC uh, ridiculous rules, and they said, you know what, we're just going to open a 
a brewery in your state. Is that what they did? Yeah, up yeah. in Dallas. Oh, okay, so that's how it happened. All right, well, that, that makes sense. So, uh, because I know, like in Florida, you can get it, in uh, Alabama, you can yeah. get it. So, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of different. So, yeah, they just they opened a brewery up in the uh, Dallas uh, area, and, and that's why we now have Yingling everywhere. I remember. It was... And it's being met, I think, with a huge, tremendous response around yeah. here. Everyone's oh, yeah. trying it. All the bars have mm-hmm. it now, like almost instantaneously. Uh, this has a slight bread. Uh, a bread bready quality? Kind yeah, of kind nose, of that... a nose to it. I haven't mm-hmm. tasted it yet. I'm but... about to do that, so let's, let's try I'm going to stare at you while you taste it and see what you think. You're not making the bitter beer face. No. So it's but better I'll than Michelob. You, I'll tell you, there is more flavor here than there was for Untitled Art, and certainly more than uh, than a Michelob Ultra. There's it's a, a really pleasant uh, sweetness to this. I think that they went, they went on the side of, instead of making it super crisp, mm-hmm. which it's not lacking in, 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 in kind of that crisp yeah. refreshingness, but instead of making it super crisp with bitterness on the end, I think they went with a little bit of sweetness on the end that I actually kind of enjoy. Yeah, I kind of like. I this. still think this is. Well, it's less flavorless and odorless than, than some of the previous uh, mm-hmm. ones we've had. It's not bad. We may have to do another light beer blind taste test. We haven't done one of those in a while, and there's so many of them out now, in so uh, many different part of <laughs> part of, uh, uh, part of uh, the thing about Yingling too. Like this particular Yingling is. Um, it has some of that signature malt that you get in the, the uh, malt. you can kind of taste that uh-huh. uh, pedigree, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I um, think it has more flavor than the others that we tried. If you poured the 16 ounces into a glass for me, I would probably drink it so fast that it would be dizzying. Mm-hmm. Um, but would It's you, drinkable. Would you take this over Untitled Art? Yes. Yeah, I think yes. I would too. And certainly over Michelob Ultra. I mean, I think if we were comparing this one side by side with Michelob Ultra... We have even better things to say about the Yingling flight. Yeah, this is this is not bad. Uh, Ian, grab that can because I can't quite uh, <coughs> I can't quite read it from here. And tell me about the calories and the carbs and the ADV. This is two point six carbs, ninety five calories. I'm curious. Hold on. Two point six for a sixteen ounce can. Not bad. Per hold on. Or does it say per twelve ounces? Well, they put super tiny on there per. Yeah. Per something fluid ounces. <laughs> I need some kind of like. Yeah, uh, I know. Uh, uh, I've noticed, by the way, the older I get and the tougher it is to actually see, the smaller the restaurant. Uh, I can't. I can't read. The they smaller so the restaurant tiny. menu print seems to get. So. Per twelve fluid ounces, maybe. Yeah, that's probably right. Well, whatever it is, it's not a lot of. Carbs. It is a sixteen ounce can, but it does say I think per twelve fluid ounces, ninety five calories. But they put that. So small on it. Come well, on, guys. Yeah, own yeah. it. Just, just freaking well, that, own it. I, I don't blame them for going there and doing it for a 12-ounce comparison, though, because people are used to comparing it to Michelob Ultra and others that are 12 Look, ounces. So. first off, the people that are looking for that mm-hmm. aren't going to be fooled by the fact that you're making that you it made super the small. small. <laughs> like, that's that, that's just, okay, come on, Yingling. Yeah, that just is stop. probably true. That, that being said, true. not a bad beer. Uh, no, I don't think for, it's bad at for all. what it is. It's four point two percent alcohol by volume. Uh, this I'll take on a, a little more. This on a summery day, mm-hmm. which we're having days that would be like Pennsylvania summer out here. Yeah, it really is. Uh, it really is has been very nice here. For the I don't past think few it's days. gotten above eighty five in the last few days. I, know. I mean, Texas, I'm about to get a jacket. A, that's a thing. I know. Last <laughs> night, uh, I was leaving rehearsal at about twelve eleven thirty ish. And uh, one of the guys in the band was like, "Oh man, it's kind of chilly out here. I shouldn't have worn a, 
I shouldn't have worn a tank top, but I was laughing. I was like, it's like 70 degrees. I know. <laughs> it's so true. It was super I mean, nice. When uh, uh, when it's uh, when it's 80 degrees in some of the northern states, 80 degrees in Pennsylvania, people are dying. Like They're like, yeah. heat alert, heat advisory, you know, <laughs> stay in your homes. You know? <laughs> Whereas down here, we, you know, we put a jacket on when it drops below 70. Don't so. wear your wool underwear. Yeah. So uh, I just want to point out, we have a... Um, we have a uh, uh, Liliana Rodriguez has given us a tequila report. She says tequila mm-hmm. non-scientific report. According to the manager at Total Wine at Holcomb Boulevard near her house, mm-hmm. the best-selling tequilas uh, at the time in their location are <coughs> El Padrino Blanco, San Mateus Reposado, and Cazul Reposado. I'm mm. sure the sales varies depending on the store location. I would think, to be totally honest with you, I would think the best-selling tequila would always be Jose Cuervo and Patron. You know? You'd think. You would think so. It, it might be that they, they're they talking about a different level maybe of Maybe more premium more tequila, premium perhaps, tequilas. yeah. Well, it's interesting. I noticed, uh, actually, when I went and bought this bottle that we we're going to be tasting today, that tequila prices have definitely gone up. When I first started buying the Skelly Añejo, which is still one of my favorites, yeah. uh, it was about 50 I think it was forty-eight dollars the first time I bought it, uh, and then it was fifty-two, fifty-three. It's now like fifty-eight dollars. It's almost a sixty-dollar bottle yeah, of tequila. Yeah, it's climbed up, and it and it's really good. I, I want to say that it's worth it. But as I was going through, and you know, for the purposes of the show, since we're sipping, I'm more likely to get us an añejo to try than a reposado. Yeah, we're not Blanco. mixing and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, generally. right. right. Uh, but but. The Añejos are getting expensive. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at Añejos from brands I've never heard of, and their Añejos are $80. You know? It's like, wow. Yeah. Or more in some cases. So it's like, okay, well, when you start pushing the, uh, when you start pushing up into the price range of Reserva de la Familia, you better be able to you deliver better produce. Some and I think what's tequila. happening too is in the industry, like, especially like tequila, since, since tequila was traditionally not that expensive even for the better tequilas you used to be able to get like like super premium tequilas at fifty dollars mm-hmm. and um outside of something that's you know as as crazy over the top as uh reserva de la familia but uh i think what's happening is due to the popularity of it i think the companies are realizing that people will pay more for it you know and it's making me hope that this is not going to happen to rum rum too. is one of those yeah. other mm-hmm. uh uh Genres of uh, liquor that I think is this is definitely going to happen. Well, to we it. saw it happen to whiskey for mm-hmm. sure. You know, it, it happened really first, I think, to whiskey where the interest in, uh, you know, blends and single malts and single casks and all of that started driving the average prices yeah. up. And I, uh, I think there'll have to be a bubble though, because truthfully, tequila um, um, and rum both, they just don't have to age as much. Well, that's true. That's true. Like, and, uh, and that makes it less expensive because you're not holding on to your stock for 12 years. And I was also thinking about this. You know, or eight years. Um, I, I, If you go out and buy a six-pack of your favorite beer. I do that sometimes. Between you know 10 and $15 probably for a six-pack, depending on what you buy, where you get it, right? Most, most premium six-packs are $10. Yeah. Yeah. And then if 10, you get something that's a little over top, yeah. Right. So you go out and you buy that, and now you've got six beers. Now, you might drink all of those at one sitting, but chances are you're going to have a couple and uh, have yeah. some left over for later, right? Um, 
my wife and I are really fond of this one particular sparkling wine, which in my brain I think is pretty affordable because our favorite favorites are like, you know, $40, $50 and above. Right, right. But, so you're not springing for that all the time, right? Right. But we have this one that we buy regularly when we can find it that's around $15. Mm-hmm. And we open it up, and between us we drink the whole bottle that night. Well, if you buy a bottle of tequila or rum for $40, that's going to last you a lot more than one night. Yeah. You know, that, that's going to be with you for a little while. Even my wife's favorite, the, uh, the pineapple uh, rum from uh, Plantation, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's about a $28 bottle. And, you know, even if we're both kind of like working on it, it'll last a week or two. You know, so that just, I guess what I'm getting at here is that even with premium spirits going up a little bit, they're still probably the best buy. Does uh, does in, anyone out there the know off the top world. of their head how many shots are basically in a bottle? Well, I guess it's a, I guess your shot, your your average drink the, is what two ounces, right? Depends on the size of your shot, but you got two ounces, so you can do the. And how many ounces is 750 milliliters? Mm. Somebody, Wiki Brian, See, they got to make this uh, confusing, don't they? Wiki Brian can probably. So, how many drinks us. are in an average right. seven fifty mil? And while while we're at it, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? Uh, well, according to the uh, owl, it's two. <laughs> oh yes, that's right. And I think the uh, the <laughs> slug line on the commercial was "The world may never know." The world may never know. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about some cigars to watch for after being delayed for nearly a year. Due to logistical complications, delayed uh, the release. La Hacienda First Growth from Warped Cigars should finally be on shelves next week. La Hacienda First Growth is a stronger version of the original La Hacienda line, even though it's made with the same blend of all Nicaraguan tobaccos. Corojo 99 for the wrapper, binder and part of the filler, and Criollo 98 also in the filler. The main difference is that First Growth uses the higher priming leaves off the tobacco plant for some added strength, and they include a bit of lejero. So that will always jack things mm, up. Will, bit, well, right? I want to pause that for a second. We have some updates here. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, through uh, a few, mm-hmm. uh, we got Wiki Brian and Bruce all uh, chiming in here. So 25.361 ounces and 750 milliliters. Uh so, so so that's roughly, roughly twenty five shots. Bruce says no, uh, no, but that's ounces. So if a shot's two ounces, Bruce says they used to say twenty six shots. No, a drink is two ounces, but a shot is one ounce. A shot is one. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So a drink uh, is like so you get, you get ounce and a half to two. Right? right. So if you're doing one ounce pours. That's twenty four. That's twenty four drinks. If you're cutting it like let's say let's say for instance you're doing one and a half ounce shots, you still got what sixteen going out of there, or eighteen or whatever it is. Um, do the math. We're halfway yeah. to three hundred. I'm good at math. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it does tell you that'll last you a bit longer than that bottle of champagne that might have been the same exact price. But it'll be gone tonight. Hey, so. I was pretty right. He said approximately 17 one point five ounce drinks mm-hmm, in a fifth. Mm-hmm. So I was I was I had it surrounded. Um, so yeah, so that that when you parse out like the the price of a six pack at six drinks, mm-hmm. at for ten dollars, and then you look at seventeen drinks, yeah, for forty dollars, that's a 
uh, it's a little more expensive, but it's not. Yeah, it's not bringing not much, the bank yeah. more expensive exactly. if you're paying that much. Now, if you're buying stuff that's thirty dollars, you know you're only getting more bang for the buck. But All if right, you buy, sorry, a, go ahead. but if you buy a thirty dollar bottle of wine, it'll be gone tonight. Right? Oh, uh, doesn't Tracy Bruce says you got to remember not to count the overflow in the neck. That has to be taken care of to keep everyone safe. You know, safe. that is a very good point, <laughs> and I'm glad you brought that up. That's the That's best. That's a very, very good point. That's so, the best. Uh, so I was mentioning the La Hacienda First Growth Cigars. They are mm-hmm. uh, they are four inches by 50 uh, ring gauge, described as medium to full bodied. Uh, they only come in this one size, eight ninety five a piece, and they are made in Nicaragua at the uh, Aganorsa Leaf Factory. Mm-hmm. So you can look for those on uh, shelves uh, next week. A new limited edition La Gloria Cubana brand from Forge Cigar Company will be arriving in October, and it is named after its proprietary hybrid wrapper. It's called La Gloria, Cu- La Gloria Cubana Criollo de Oro. The cigar's wrapper is a genetic cross. They've done this at the science level. Science! They science the shit out of the cigar. <laughs> they did. Uh, it's a genetic cross between Criollo 98 and Pela de Oro tobacco varietals. And the Pela de Oro has a very distinctive it flavor. It sure yes. does, yeah. It, uh, the line was uh, a result of cross-pollination between these two types of tobacco seeds, and they were then planted in Mao, an area of the Dominican Republic, with a microclimate that's well-suited for tobacco, and they called it Criollo de Oro. It's a sun-grown wrapper draped over a Connecticut broadleaf binder and a mix of Honduran and Nicaraguan fillers for a strength level that they're saying is medium in body. They're made that's in a, the, That's a step down for them. Yeah, yeah. They're made in the uh, Dominican Republic at El Credito. Uh, it's a step down but without I think losing any of the well, sort of down flavor in intensity. Yeah, right. yeah, it's because step down in strength because yeah. cuz when I see Gloria Cubana I just immediately think full strength. Uh this will be um uh, Following other La Gloria cigars, which were released earlier this year, uh, such as the La Gloria Cubana Spirit of the Lady and the Medio uh, Tiempo. So uh, I have not had either of those. So I, I gotta, haven't either. I got to go on a little La Gloria Cubana shopping spree here. Man, somewhere. I found that La Gloria Cubana uh, Siri R Maduro. Mm-hmm. I've been enjoying that. That's a great cigar. Yeah. That is a great cigar. Uh, speaking of Siri, Oliva, Siri 5 or Siri V Milanio has joined the JR Cigar 50th Anniversary Series with its first-ever rounded size for the oh. U.S. Uh, the Oliva Serie V Milanio, a special tweaked version of the Oliva Serie V, was first introduced in uh, 2012. Since then, it's been one of the most consistently high-ranked cigars in the 10 industry. $10 to $12 for yep. that cigar is so delicious. And several 90-plus ratings in Cigar Aficionado <laughs> yeah, at that absolutely. price. Amazing. The number one cigar of the year in 2014, up until now, all Milanio releases in the U.S. have been in the box-pressed format. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for this special anniversary series, Oliva has brought a rounded Vitola to the American market for the first time. Uh, and it's all in honor of the 50th anniversary of J.R. Cigars. Uh, so, obviously, these are uh, hand-rolled at Tabacalera uh, uh, Oliva de Nicaragua. They use aged Nic- Nicaraguan tobaccos for both the filler and the binder. It's a 6x5 Toro. 
$15 per cigar, and you can only get this one online at JR because it's part of their uh, special thing. Oh, you know I'm going to have to go on there and get some. You and I may have to talk about splitting a box here, my friend. <laughs> that does sound pretty yeah, darn good. Those are so good. Uh, all right. So, uh, so there's some cigars to watch for. Keep an eye on them at your local uh, tobacconist or in the case of the uh, uh, the special Serie V, you might uh, look for that at JR Cigars online. Nice. All right. Let's take a break. We uh, have more to taste when we return, including, my friends, a Victory Brewing Company Brotherly Love Hazy IPA from Downingtown, Pennsylvania. And we have these funky little cups to taste it in. Funky so little cups. We will be right back. You mind grabbing me that beer so I can put it on Mr. Twig? Smoking and toasting. I like doing that, doing the opening uh, right on the downbeat there. That was timing good. The, that yeah, was good, timing yes. Uh, I find that I do that. I'll be like doing dishes or whatever, and subconsciously I realize I'm kind of banging them around in the sink to the to rhythm the of the song that's on. It's kind of a sickness, actually. Uh, at least that's what my wife To the beat of the rhythm does. of the... Oh, wait. Sorry, I was going somewhere else. Bad. To the beat of the rhythm of my heart? Is that Or, or the drum? Or? the rhythm of the night, right? Be the rhythm of the night. Yes, Gloria Estefan. Is that Gloria Estefan? I think so. I think it is. Uh. All right. Uh, welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. Uh, we are here on show number 252. We're halfway to 300, and we're really darned happy about it. And, Ian, I mentioned that I used to live not too terribly far from Downingtown, Pennsylvania. Uh, I had a chance to visit the Victory uh, uh, Brewing Company, but almost more importantly, uh, whatever they put out, you would always find available at the beer distributors. And, of course, because you had to buy a case at a time, it was making a big commitment to, uh, uh, to yeah, victory. Yeah, you had to like it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but fortunately, uh, their beers have all been very good. This is their attempt at a uh, hazy IPA, and it's called Brotherly Love, which is what Philadelphia is called, the city of Brotherly Love. Yeah, so Love. it's nice. It's got, yeah, got the... Uh the hops in the middle there, like the keystone, mm-hmm, right on top of a rainbow arch, and then you've got uh, a, a couple different um, non-committally colored hands, right, uh, holding. <laughs> Which hands. I like that. That's basically saying accept whatever. And then, uh, and they're both making peace signs. Mm-hmm. Uh, says victory, brotherly mm-hmm. love. Victory, brotherly love, and it's a hazy IPA. Now, victory's IPA, uh, the Hop Devil. Yeah. Is one of those incredibly hop forward. It's a good one, but you can put it in the same category as a stone or a dogfish head in terms of how hop forward it is. It'll be interesting to see what their approach to something a little uh, sweeter, a little a little hazier is like. Across you- the top of the can, it says "Courage, Change, Community." This is six uh, percent alcohol by volume. And while you're tasting this, I will tell you, uh, drink beer, do good. We cultivate hops. And now, through this hazy IPA, we're cultivating a universal sense of human kindness that inspires courage and ignites positive change within our communities. See through the haze and celebrate what unites us all, brotherly love. You know, not for nothing, but I've noticed that during this time when our country seems to be more divided than ever and more like, you know, flung to the far extremes of what people feel and think that they know— um, the the beer companies, especially the craft beer companies, just keep kind of hammering this drum of we're all in this together. Yeah, man. You know, and I love that. 
You know I, what I mean? I'm, I'm down with that. I, I, I really do. I mean, that's a nice message, and I like uh, I like what the beer is all about in terms of what they're saying. Uh, but perhaps even more importantly, I like this beer. I like the beer. It's it's really quite delicious. You know what much, this beer is missing? Much lighter than uh, than uh, Hop Devil, by the way. What's it missing? An awful aftertaste. Oh, yes. It, they left that out, oddly enough. They left off. Yeah. This has a sweet, delicious aftertaste. Mm-hmm. This is fantastic. It's very... Uh, you know, they don't describe it, it, it as a juicy IPA, and it's not, it no, doesn't have a hazy. thicker, juicier mouthfeel, but it has a little bit of that almost citrus juice flavor to it. But here's the thing it you can smell that it's like it smells like an IPA and mm-hmm. it hits your tongue immediately like an IPA, but it doesn't finish like an IPA. It finishes sweet and delicious. And, sweet and um, very crisp for an IPA. Yes. Yeah, that's delicious. I like this. I, uh, I'm just, for it. I just found this at Spec, so it is now available. At places that stock a decent uh, a decent supply of Victory's uh, uh, elixirs. Speaking of stocking a decent supply, I noticed the little cup in the middle of your cup. Yes, thank you for stocking that up. A quick Victory story, um, uh, and I know that you like this beer, but my best friend Dave and I are not really fond of Victory's Golden Monkey. I it's love our, Golden Monkey. I know you do, uh, but, <laughs> but my buddy Dave and I—it's the least—it's our least favorite in the uh, in the Victory line. And Dave would always go out and buy when we would have when he lived in Pennsylvania. He would always go out and buy you know the cases that you have to buy, but you can get a Victory the, mix, the pack, mix right. right where they mix them all up. And so there would be Hop Devil and there would be uh, their Lager and Golden Monkey and something else. And so he'd buy several of those cases and he had a beer fridge at his house. And he'd stock it full of all the beers, and then and then we'd have a party. And at the end. All that would be left would be Golden Monkey. I would love to have hung out with See, you guys. You I would be a very drunk you, person. You would have you would have taken care of it. But for the next you know several months, he'd be trying to pawn off the Golden Monkey on everybody. You know because he didn't oh, want to. Man, he didn't want to throw it out. Didn't want to. You know, but it wasn't what he wanted to drink. So, uh, so that's always my memory of the Golden Monkey. So when I was in the store. Uh, uh, last year, and saw that Victory now had a double golden monkey. Oh, yeah. I took a photo of that and sent it to him and said, This is what I'm getting you for Christmas. Oh, I've had it. It's good. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's good. We should, <laughs> we should have, you know, like so many other things, my. Um, my taste buds may have changed. I, I really should try it again because I also didn't used to be uh, a fan of St. Arnold Lawnmower. And the last couple of times I've had one, I thought it was really good. I like lawnmower. So I realized, but it wasn't one of my favorites. I would always like anything but lawnmower. And lately, when I've had it, I'm like, that, that's actually a really good beer. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, speaking of St. Arnold, they have, I did not bring it on the show, they have a new, um, what is it called? Oh, great. I'm so sorry I didn't silence my phone. Uh, they have a new IPA that uh, I just had one of yesterday, and it was really... Oh, you know what it was? It wasn't IPA. I think it was a pale ale. Mm. It was a hazy pale ale, and it was delicious. So I'm going to get us some. We'll try it on the okay. show. Uh, but very, very good. Or uh, you know, we I'm a San Arnold fan. We, should, we could always just invite those guys back because they're they're fun, to, <laughs> fun guests <laughs> to have on that. the show. Speaking of inviting back, guess who's going to be on the show next week? Tell me about it. Trenton from Oliva Cigars. I freaking love that so guy. So do you remember last time he was on the show... He got. We talked about how Oliva very seldom puts out something new. Yes, they stay yes. with their core line. They don't. They don't go into the cigar of the week uh, uh, expose like right. some places do. But yet, during our show when he was on live with us, we were live from Stogies. I remember this. Mm-hmm. He got notified by his company about a brand new release, and he broke the news right on there, the show. On the show. Apparently, that cigar is about to come out. 
and I think he has some. Ooh. So we're gonna meet with him and do some smoking next week. It's, oh yeah, that sounds That's great. I'll be looking okay, so to we that. gotta set up a cigar lounge and everything yeah, else. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm sure we can find. I'm sure we can find something. Yep. Because we have to. If not, we'll be on my balcony doing the show from there. Because <laughs> we gotta try out mm-hmm. this new cigar. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, let's take a break. We still have drinking news to do, and we got to drink us some tequila. We We've still got, have drinking to do. We have uh, we have añejo tequila. The neck of the bottle has been cleared, and we will be getting to. That. For safety purposes. Yep, they will be getting to that coming up. That's the Demetrio Añejo Tequila coming up next segment on Smoking and Toasting. That sounds like a talented Welcome bunch back. of folks. Yeah, yeah. Guitar player's a little flat, I think. They're pretty good. Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. This is the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Great shirts. New stuff coming out for the fall here very soon. Great shirts for cigar lovers on the web, uh, including sweatshirts and, uh, and hoodies coming to MyCigarShirts.com, too. So look forward to that. It's all coming, and you can all find it at uh, MyCigarShirts.com. Shirts.com. They support the show, so please support them. Thank you. Um, it's my cigar shirts.com because cigars. Yes, sir. Uh, Ian, there are uh, there are 13 types of whiskey. Prove it. And you should know about it. So here we go. You want to keep count? Go ahead. All right. Uh, this is from an article from Gear Patrol. I didn't know that Gear Patrol uh, was a place where you could find out about whiskey. Uh, but they say that for good or for bad, there's more whiskey on the shelves today than there has ever been in the history of the spirit. And that certainly is true. I noticed that Specs is like three whiskey aisles now. Yeah. It's like crazy. <laughs> uh, uh, so anyway, more competition between producers makes better products. And the quality of whiskey on shelves is likely at an all-time high. I, I want to amend that statement. Yeah. More competition does create better <coughs> products. Yeah. It does mean you also have to sift past the not-so-good ones. And that's true. And that's really it was part of the reason why we started this show. The number one reason was samples. samples. Uh, but the uh, but other than that, uh, we was like, you know what? We can taste some things, let people know what we think. It's not like we're experts by any stretch of the imagination. But we do know some experts, and we'll have them come on the show. Well, I'm going to point out uh, I'm a big fan of whiskey. And if I don't like it, it's probably not even <laughs> worth drinking. I'm with you. I understand what you're saying. Because totally. I like most whiskey. Uh-huh. <laughs> right, yeah. It's it's kind of that way for me. It's like, how bad does a cigar have to be before you say, that was not I mean, I set cigar. the bar pretty low. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, whiskey stops. Soylent whiskey is still whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. I'm going to have to think about that now for a while. Um, all right, so let's start with straight whiskey. If the uh, whiskey uses the word straight in the prefix on the bottle, it indicates that um, legally the whiskey, which could be bourbon or rye or whatever, but the whiskey inside those bottles must have been aged in charred new oak containers for at least two years. Mm -hmm. If it's not, they can't call it straight whiskey. In line with any whiskey designated as bourbon, it is illegal for straight whiskeys to include added coloring, and 99% of all decent whiskey is straight under those particular no. terms. Now, there's bourbon whiskey. 
Bourbon is made from a mash of at least 51% corn. I know you knew these two, right? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, contrary to popular belief, bourbon does not have to be made in Kentucky to no. be called bourbon. Uh, although Kentucky is often put on the name of the bourbon for marketing purposes. Uh, bourbon also must not exceed 80% ABV, which is 160 proof in the mash, and cannot enter maturation barrels, all of which have to be charred new oak, above 62.5% ABV when it goes in, which is 125 proof. Uh, bourbon is the largest category of American whiskey and is known for appeasing a wide range of taste and preferences. There's more variance and choice probably within right. bourbon than in any other whiskey category. Uh, and it was once considered a great value for the money, at least as compared to like pricier, you know, Scotch whiskey. Right. But uh, bourbon prices have been rising pretty dramatically yes. here of late. Uh, so they list in the article they list some favorites for each category, and uh, they didn't do for straight whiskey. You know, encompasses a lot of different things, so they didn't do for that. But their favorite bourbons they list: Knob Creek Small Batch Nine Year, Four Roses Bourbon, and Evan William Black Label. I don't know. Hard Nothing to, wrong with that. Hard to argue with any of those. So, uh, more interesting comments coming in? Yeah, we're getting some fun ones there. Uh, we got some back and forth talking going on and stuff like mm -hmm. that. I'm just trying to keep up with, <laughs> with <laughs> what's going okay. on. All right, the next category is rye, rye whiskey. Rye has the same production proofing that uh, rules that bourbon has, mashed below 80% ABV and aged below 62.5% ABV as well. The difference is in the balance of grain used in yes. the mash. Uh, as you might guess, rye takes a majority of at least 51% for it to be a rye whiskey. While no rules uh, exist without exceptions, most rye whiskey is relatively affordable, and the spirit is known to reach peak maturity uh, when the whiskey is at its best a little sooner than other whiskeys. And there are exceptions, because if you've tried to buy a bottle of Whistle Pig, you know there are some expensive ryes out mm -hmm. there. But uh, anyway, you can expect more pepper and spice-forward whiskeys from the rye category. Uh, don't be surprised uh, by rye whiskey, they say, though, that's uh, nearly indistinguishable from bourbon. Mm. Okay, so uh, anyway, there's plenty of ryes, especially those made in Kentucky, are made with the minimum rye grain and aren't nearly as aggressive as uh, right, some of the others. Spicy. Yeah. Uh, they list their favorites as Old Forester rye, Sagamore Spirit rye, Rittenhouse rye, Wild Turkey rare be breed mm. rye. And I have to add the Angel's Envy rye that you uh, mm. bought for me as a gift. That's that's, that's one of my favorite whiskeys And that's ever. a spicy one, too. That's, yeah, that's got some it. spice, but in uh, a nice, It is just so wonderful delicious. Way, yeah. Next category is wheat whiskey. Uh, like bourbon, rye, and most American whiskeys, wheat whiskey is subject to the same production-proof threshold and must be matured in charred new oak barrels. Uh, wheat whiskey is created from a mash of at least 51% wheat. So you remember how the rye has to be 51% right. to be rye? Uh, same story. Uh, it's far less popular than rye or bourbon. For whiskey purposes, wheat is often considered to be the opposite of rye, where rye gives you the strength and the spice, mm -hmm. uh, then the wheat is uh, more sweetness and mm -hmm. floral notes. Uh, the most popular wheat whiskey is probably Heaven Hill Distillery's Bernheim Straight Wheat Whiskey. Have you tried that? I have. And uh, it's something it's you like. Nice. I know, it's I know nice. you're a fan of rye, but... Uh, yeah, no, uh, the, the wheat, wheat whiskey is nice. It's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a different profile. In addition to that as a favorite, they also list uh, Woodford Reserve 
wheat whiskey. I haven't tried that one. And we'll have to we'll have to get a bottle of that and try it on the show. Sounds good. Malt whiskey is the next category. Uh, set to the same standards as wheat, rye, and bourbon, but built off a minimum 51% malted barley mash. Okay. For most whiskey drinkers, malt whiskey is first and foremost scotch whiskey because most scotch is malt whiskey of mm -hmm. some kind. But there's plenty of American malt whiskey as well, most of which is coming from craft distilleries like Westward, Stranahan's, and Copperworks that are experimenting with new uh, mash bills. Westward American straight, uh, Westward American single malt whiskey, they list as a favorite, and also Copperworks American single malt whiskey. So single malt is actually the next category. Uh, it's not defined so strictly for American labeling purposes, they say, but single malt whiskey is very well defined in Scotland, where it originated. Uh, all malted, malted barley and in, uh, has to be entirely made at a single distillery. Single malt whiskey, without the E this time, is Scotland's most famous so, export. For single malt, and I've, I've said this on the show before, but for anybody mm -hmm. listening that doesn't know whiskey very well, when you see the word single malt on there, um, that's telling you two things, actually. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's telling you that all the uh, malt came from, all the malt uh, and ingredients came from one distillery, mm -hmm. a single distillery. That's where the single comes from, and then the malt means that the <clears throat> malt is the uh, bulk of the mash bill. Um, now, American uh, distillers are not required and bound to follow the single malt restrictions from Scotland, uh, and so you could make a single malt American whiskey with uh, malted barley and rye, for example, but many of them actually abide by that. They kind of stay true to the to the rule of the letter of the law on it, even though it's not really law in the U.S. It's no, I, they're sticking Scotland. to the letter of tradition on letter that. Of tradition. And I think Thank I you. think that they would get a little bit uh, 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 blasted if they were stepping out of that I and think still trying to sell right. it as, as single, single malt. malt sure. Agreed, because uh, that that becomes that then becomes because people know they they know the term single malt. Mm -hmm. You know, when they see that, that, that signifies a certain quality, mm -hmm. a certain thing that's happening, even if they don't understand what single malt means. And I think if you use that without following that tradition, yeah, then, you know. Then you're probably going yeah, Wade, probably Wade Woodward's to. going to be on your case. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, their favorites they list in the single malt whiskey category, Westward American single malt whiskey, Old Pulteney, a 12-year-old, and Lagavulin, 16-year-old. Mm. So mm, that does sound good. I haven't had the Old Pulteney, but I've had the Lagavulin. Corn whiskey is the next category, a mostly forgotten category, uh, dominated by the very cheap mellow corn and its corn-obsessed cult following. I have had mellow corn. Corn whiskey must be made of a mash of at least 80% corn and is subject to the—that's 80% now, not 51—and uh, it is subject to the usual production-proof restrictions. Uh, interestingly, corn whiskey cannot be subjected to any manner of extra treatment to charred wood beyond the standard aging process. Mm. Corn whiskey, of course, is uh, noticeably sweet, and very few uh, distilleries make it. I have not had mellow corn, which they list as one of their favorites. I have. Actually, one of our guys that uh, watches the show quite often, uh, I went to a bar where he was bartending. He goes, hey, have you tried this? Mm -hmm. And so we had we tried had not only a corn. half a shot just to try it, but also we made a couple drinks with it. And you thought it worked well with mixed drinks? Huh? Mixed drinks? It, it, well, I think it also uh, attests his bartending. Like he, like there are certain mixed drinks that work with certain mm -hmm. things. And so the mixed drink we have is very pleasant. Uh, by itself, it's a little sweet. It's um, 
it's uh it's it's definitely its own thing and, yeah and and you can taste the you can smell the corn like you well, smell that thing coming i have not had mellow corn but i have had the other one that they list as a favorite and it's balcones baby blue okay so you that's know a, what i'm talking yeah, about so that, it, that's a wonderful whiskey but yes yeah. you could almost taste uh, and maybe because they call it baby blue but in my mind that whiskey tastes kind of like blue corn Like smells. after you take a shot yeah. of it, yeah. you actually have to pick a kernel out of exactly, your teeth. Exactly. You have yes. to be careful because it'll get stuck there. <laughs> That's, That's very... exactly right. Travel with one of those little placards things. It'll, uh, <laughs> it'll work out for you. Uh, the next category is light whiskey. It's not diet whiskey, uh, but it originated in 1968, and the light whiskey designation is pretty rare nowadays. But some distillers, notably, uh, I've never even heard of light High whiskey. West. So here's so here's something new. Uh, High West is listed as a distillery that have released bottles of light whiskey. It exists somewhere between standard whiskey and neutral grain spirit. So it's lighter than whiskey in color. But darker than a neutral grain. Is this uh, a less aged or is it a. Um, uh, well, it's a, they say production proof must be greater than 80, 80% ABV, but less than 95. And it has strict maturation requirements. In most times, most light whiskey is used as part and parcel to blended whiskey, most commonly uh, Canadian blended whiskey. Gotcha. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, I don't know if I've seen any of that. I, I haven't tried anything that was called light whiskey, that, I, to mm -hmm. my knowledge. Uh, the next whiskey types, they break down by region, and they list as one regional type, Tennessee whiskey. Mm -hmm. uh, Which is also a great song. Yes. Uh, it's, it's as sweet, apparently, as strawberry wine. Yeah. It's, it's or so I've heard. Smooth. Warm as a glass as of brandy. A glass, or warm as a glass yeah. of brandy. Uh, it's uh, not a legally defined style of whiskey, but most location-based whiskey styles aren't either. You know, you've got Texas whiskey and Kentucky yeah. whiskey, and uh, Tennessee whiskey makers like George Dickel and Jack Daniels provide themselves uh, pride themselves rather on not being bourbon makers, but for all intents and purposes. It is bourbon with a small step added. And that step, which is called the Lincoln County process, sees that final distillate run through charcoal strips, mm -hmm. uh, chips or a charcoal filter of some kind, uh, before it goes into the barrels for maturation. Uh, it's said that that process smooths the rough edges of the distillate. They list as their favorites Jack Daniels single barrel, barrel proof, and George Dickel bottled in bond. Ah, oh, nice. I have some of the George Dickel bottled in bond at home. That's a that's a lovely little whiskey. And Jack Daniels, old number seven, not a fan, but everything else they make so mm -hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Irish whiskey. Irish whiskey is famously light and easy drinking because of the region's focus on malt-based whiskey and virtually no interest in peat. Uh, the laws of uh, the land in Ireland state that Irish whiskey must have malt in the mash. Other grains may be added, but malt is required. It must also be produced in Ireland or Northern Ireland and must be bottled above 40% ABV. Yeah, it's the Irish. Uh, unlike American whiskeys, Irish whiskey makers may use caramel coloring to deepen the color of the whiskey in the bottle if they want to. Uh, their favorites... Green Spot Irish Whiskey, That's which good is one. so good. Yeah, uh, Tullamore Dew, which I yeah, think is yeah. a great whiskey, and uh, Bushmills 16-Year-Old. All those are great. But let's talk about Jameson's for a second. You know yeah. what's wrong with Jameson? What? Not a damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's interesting. We uh, we had a bottle of the Jameson Blender's Dog. 
Oh yeah, uh, yeah. That we had here on the show, and I remember we really liked it. And then we did a the blind taste blind test. taste test, and it didn't fare that well. Yeah. So I took the rest of the bottle home and it stuck it back in the bar and thought, ah, oh, I was kind of disappointed. Like it, it didn't it didn't do better. A couple weeks ago, I pulled it out, poured myself a little. Freaking delicious! I like, think uh, I, so. It just goes to show you sometimes in those taste tests, like I don't know, maybe it's tasting so many things. Well, you get yeah, you get so many, you get you get a little analysis paralysis, and you get so many different flavors. And then on top of that, when you do a blind taste test like that, especially when you're doing them back to back with as many whiskeys as we had, especially, yeah. I mean, you're getting a little flavor blind. You know, I guess that's right. Uh, yeah. And so stronger flavors are definitely going to start winning, you know, mm -hmm. because, oh, wow, I can taste that now even because right. I've already, like, tried six other whiskeys. So I think that there's a little unfairness to it, but it's still kind of fun to do. Speaking of uh, other whiskeys, the next category is Japanese whiskey. Japanese, Japanese whiskey. makes some great whiskey. Uh, and some of the makers are making strides to further define the category. But for now, it is a little bit complicated. The gist is many whiskeys marketing themselves as Japanese are made, at least in part, outside of Japan. It's done to keep up with demand and lower costs, but the... The real cost of it is a lot of consumer confusion. As far as distilling methods and ingredients are concerned, legitimate Japanese whiskey shares a great deal with scotch, but because the rules are more touch-and-go in Japan, there's a little more room for creativity. Japan's larger distillers may blend dozens of malt and grain whiskeys aged in everything from extremely rare uh, Mizunara oak casts to sherry butts to ex-bourbon casts, and therein lies the trade-off. When made with... Uh, integrity and purpose, Japanese whiskey is exceptional, but a lack of rules creates an opportunity for some people to kind of skirt the yeah, yeah. system a little bit, and maybe it's not quite as good. They recommend uh, Mars Whiskey IY 45 no and idea. Nika Coffee Grain. Nika Coffee uh, Grain's and, great. And they show a picture of a bottle of uh, Suntory Whiskey Toki, which is uh, yeah, quite good. That's yeah, that's super good. And then we have Canadian Whiskey. Uh, it's got a little more wiggle room with uh, uh, some classic spirit-making uh, spirit no-nos than other uh, designations do. But producers can use coloring and add flavoring up to 9.09% of the bottled spirit and any mix of cereal grains that they please. But because most Canadian whiskey is blended, most finished whiskeys contain some combination of rye, corn, wheat, and malt whiskeys. It, of course, has to be produced in Canada. Canadian whiskey is usually bottled at a lower proof than American whiskey. Uh, and uh, that, combined with a preference for malt bases, creates a, ni creates a nice and light uh, drinking right. experience. So I'm reading into what you just said. Let me paraphrase. Mm -hmm. Canadians do whatever they want, eh? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> right. They list Canadian Club 100% Rye and J.P. Weiser's 15-year. Well, we've had some really good Canadian whiskeys We've on had the a show. few, yeah, yeah. We've had a few. We, we really have. As a, general, as a general category, it's not to be ignored. There's some okay mm -hmm. Canadian whiskeys out there. And and uh, there's nothing wrong with Crown Royal. It's right. It's fine, you know. Right. And it's drinkable. It's drinkable with a chip it's, of ice. It's better than old number seven. It's, not, it's better than old number seven, and yeah. it's better than that red bottle. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, our final category is, of course, Scotch whiskey. Mm -hmm. uh, it must be made in Scotland, first of all. Can't be Scotch if mm -hmm. it's made anywhere else. Other rules that define Scotch whiskey include a minimum 40% ABV, uh, some production-proof requirements, and malted barley in the base mash. Scotch producers may use other cereal grains, but there has to be malted barley, mm -hmm. or it cannot be called Scotch. Uh, they're also permitted to use coloring if they so choose. Although the peaty single malt Scotch is what comes to mind for most whiskey drinkers, 
Pete and single malt are merely popular iterations of the spirit rather than the rules right. of production. Uh, depending on the producing region, whether it's Speyside or Highlands, Lowlands, Campbelltown, uh, the production method and taste may vary widely. In other words, there is no best scotch or singular scotch flavor profile, but there are a lot of really, really yeah, great options. And you might find you like certain... Mm-hmm. Regional profiles right. better than or others. You, or you may love peated whiskey, or you may like mm. single malt, but not like peat at all. It and is, see, I love peated whiskey, but I don't love it all the time. I don't, yeah, I don't want it all the time. I agree with you, you totally. Know? It's a, it's like, an occasional thing. Yeah, sometimes yeah. I'm in the mood for that. Old Pulteney, 12-year-old. Lagavulin, 16-year-old. Mm. Highland Park, 18-year-old. Viking Pride are the three they listed Ooh, I don't as, know that as one. their favorite. So we may have to take this is another reason to listen to the show. You can t- oh, write that down. There it that is. would be Highland Park 18 year uh 18 year old Viking Pride. We have to look that so up. So that was your 13 categories of whiskey. Do you feel like you got taken to school there? I feel like uh, there's a couple I hadn't even heard like uh light whiskey I never even heard of yeah, before. I think uh, I think we may have to try some new things. That's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. All right, speaking of trying new things, let's try some tequila. This is the uh, the tequila for the show today, and it is the Demetrio Añejo tequila. I know nothing about Demetrio. This was just a, uh, that looks interesting. I'll try it. Uh, purchase. Ooh, that was nice. That was a good pop. Mm, that was very, very good. I see you're pouring into that little center area <laughs> just to make just, it just, just to, to make it more. Things. I'll pass that one along to Adam. Woo. <laughs> uh, so I, I hear a woo. Are you uh, getting some uh, the nose. intense tequila on the nose there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that this is, should be I can interesting. Smell like the uh, the peppery, the caramel. Liliana, have you tried this one? Our resident she said tequila she hasn't. Expert. I saw she a comment not, earlier. Okay, she right. hasn't tried this one uh, yet. Well, uh, so you'll she have said to, she was waiting to hear her. Liliana, you, you will have to come over or come to the show. She, By the way, anyone that we um, pronounce on the show to be one of our experts, they should know they have a standing invitation. They can just pop in on the show at any time. And Don't tell Chris that because he's, he still should feel like he's crashing. Well, uh, I, it's okay. It's all right with me. But anyone that we, we refer Does to— Does that make Alan our cigar expert? No. But I was just about to say, <laughs> any of the experts and Alan Denny are welcome and to crash at any time. At any time. I went had a to. cigar with him last week. I love that man. Yeah, he's, he's so, so awesome. We actually went up to the Briar Shop. Oh, I have nice. never uh, sat down in the Briar Shop and had a cigar. I love yeah, the how, shop. How I've sat down and yeah. had a pipe in there before. Yeah. But uh, I never sat down and had a, a cigar in there. By the way, we've got nice. a pipe show coming up soon, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, how was it uh, just sitting and smoking a cigar at the Briar Shop? It was nice. Yeah. It was nice. They got so the briar shop's a little smaller than it used to be. They moved it slightly down oh, the, uh, okay. slightly down the uh, strip from where it used to be uh, over in uh, Rice Village. It's still nice. It's still the place to go if you want to buy nice pipes in town. Mm-hmm. You know they have they have a nice selection there. They have a great selection of pipe tobacco. I don't, I don't know any other shop that has a better selection of pipe tobacco than they yeah, have. Yeah, they really do. This uh, smells wonderful. This smells peppery and agave and a little chocolate even on the nose and a little. Uh, and a little caramely. Oh, uh, maybe it's caramel I'm getting. That yeah, I get I get a lot of caramel, mm-hmm. like like right off the bat, a lot of caramel. It's it's a big round smell to it. Oh, you're making the face. Oh. So pepper for sure, like you got on the nose, it's there, but it's not like um, it's not like some where you had where it's just pepper is such a blast that you don't get much else. Uh, it's. It's very well-rounded. I'm getting caramel, vanilla. Vanilla. Tons mm-hmm. of vanilla. Yep. And uh, and even a little bit mm. of a chocolate undertone there. There's almost a powdered sugar kind of mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. bit to the aftertaste that's super nice. It is very dry, don't you think? It is dry than expected. And the funny thing is, as peppery as it smells, mm-hmm. the peppery just doesn't hit you right up front. It hits it's you more like, towards the middle and the back of the It's not like, I think I had, uh, when I was in L.A., I think I had the Sousa Añejo, uh-huh. which was very peppery. It was good, but it was very peppery. And that's kind of all that it was. This is much more nuanced. And uh, and really delicious. Anything that you can I'm enjoying tell us? the aftertaste on this. Yes. Just what it's doing on my the tongue. The finish little, is just wonderful. Almost a, um, there's an oaky dryness and a, and and then this great little vanilla thing. Mm-hmm. The uh, retro hail on it's really interesting. Yes, it is. A little pepper on the retro hail. Well, anything yeah, that the says retro hail has has such a peppery but nice in a nice way such a peppery thing going on does the bottle tell us anything about it produced and bottled in mexico by uh, tequila selecto de amatitan sa de cv mm-hmm. there you go i've exhausted all my spanish for the week. i won't even be able to say the word no again uh, well. um no there's uh, almost no information whatsoever about this añejo pure mexican spirit there's a uh, NOM uh, and a CRT, and that's really it. Well, it it lets the it lets the juice do the talking, and I think it does say uh, consumption of alcoholic beverages impairs your ability to drive a car or operate machinery and may mm-hmm. cause health problems. Mm-hmm. That's an original thing to list. I like the cap though. The cap's got this nice yeah. little yeah metal cool. bit about it. Cool. It's it's a nice looking bottle. It's interesting that they have like uh, uh, the screened on. Well, I guess it's a clear sticker. Looks almost like a screened-on label on the front, and then on the back they have a uh, an opaque sticker. Yes, yes. It, you doubling are, everything you that says on the front. You aren't exactly sure which side is supposed to be the front. <laughs> I think maybe that the maybe back the sticker is is something that they put on as an addendum because uh, you have to have the Surgeon Generals and you have to have yeah, all that maybe. other stuff. So maybe. it's probably. Probably the original bottle design didn't have that, so they said, you know what? Put a sticker on it. Uh, you know what? I'm going to tell you, this is a pretty good tequila. It's, it's uh, pretty nice. It's uh, in the 38 to $40 range, which, as we were talking about earlier, for an Añejo is not bad these days because you can very easily tick up into $50, $60, $80 yeah. uh, for an Añejo. And, um, uh, it's well, interesting after I you drink it. it, I don't smell the pepper as much on it, but I do mm-hmm. smell the vanilla mm. and the caramel. It's such yeah. a deep, rich caramel thing going it on. It really is. Almost like a toasted caramel, mm. if there is such a thing. Mm. You know what that is in there? What? There's a little marshmallow going on. Oh, you're so right. That's where the toastiness is coming from. There's maybe. a little, like, toasted marshmallow going on mm-hmm. in that. I'm liking it. All right, That's, it's not powdered sugar. That's what it is. We are going to keep sipping this while we take a quick break, and we will be back in our final segment. Not only what... <laughs> Bruce Bruce asks, do you retrohale a drink the same way you do a cigar? I don't recommend it there, buddy. Yeah, probably not. Um, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with drinking news and uh, also with a little Firestone Walker Parabola Vintage Number 12 Imperial Stout. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It is smoking and toasting 
the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We're on show number 252, and we are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Great shirts on the web for cigar lovers, MyCigarShirts.com, because... Cigars. Cigars, yes. All right, uh, Ian, I think you know what time it is. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Grab a cup while we gather round. Saddle up while we drink them down. I've got a story and I swear it's true. So now it's time for drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When I asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. <laughs> Steve Robinson with a deep Texas accent there <laughs> yeah. on, the, on the intro. Uh, well, welcome to Drinking News. We remind you casually, my friends, that this segment of the program, uh, unexplainably popular, I have no idea why, uh, but it continues to be popular, and Drinking News is about, well, it's it's where we bring you stories that... Man, that's more messed up than a rattlesnake in a lawnmower. There you go. Uh, it, it brings you. It's where we bring you stories that may or may not be about drinking, but always are best enjoyed if you've been yes. drinking. Uh, so welcome to Drinking News. A Florida man. <laughs> drinking news, <laughs> drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man who may have been doing some drinking of his own ran into a little trouble this week when trying to sell his car to a Lake City dealership. On Monday, the Lake City Police Department was dispatched to Lake City Chrysler Dodge Jeep, where they were advised that an individual came to the dealership and was attempting to trade his current vehicle for a new one. Uh, I mean, none of that seems wrong. Problem was, when dealership employees ran the vehicle's VIN number, they discovered that it was the same one that had been stolen from their very own dealership just a few days prior. Police were able to review the dealership's closed-circuit camera system, which showed the potential customer and alleged thief, Timothy Wolf, actually stealing the car from the dealership. Um, you think he should have probably just kept it, maybe? And- <laughs> Lake City police say after they advised Wolf of his rights, um, the man admitted to stealing the vehicle from the dealership lot. He was arrested and transported to the Columbia County Detention Center without further incident. He was charged with grand theft of a motor vehicle, dealing in stolen property, and uh, criminal mischief and uh, petty theft. He's currently in a holding cell in Columbia County, apparently waiting for the salesman to come back after checking with the manager to see if he could knock (laughs) off an additional $2,000 off the car. Let me go check with the manager. Okay, I made that last part up. But you know how that goes, right? And that is your... Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. So, uh, by the way, just before we go any further, I, I did not have a drinking news photo. I did not have a photo of this guy. I looked everywhere and tried to find one. So since we didn't have that, we will, as a replacement, put up this photo of a rock formation that uh, some people apparently seem to enjoy. It got some chatter last time we used it here on the... uh, And I see Adam scooting the photo over in the... In the shape of a proboscis. Yes, and there you go. That is an actual rock formation. That is amazing. uh, And quite a tourist attraction, I understand. It's a... Um, uh, 
And it's that, a monument of fertility. And that is your drinking news. Uh, well, you were going to say drinking something. News, <laughs> drinking news. That is time for drinking news. So uh, that that's that's a funny one because uh, years ago, yeah, I stole the car and then tried to trade it in. I was teaching, same dealership. I was teaching guitar at Rock and Robin, and I had this uh, student. He was an adult, and he he would collect guitars, mm-hmm. and he bought a, a one of a kind Fender um, that they were making at the time. Yeah. And um, one day he came in and he was a little upset. I was like, what's going on? And apparently someone had stolen a bunch of his guitars. He suspected one of his uh, son's friends, mm-hmm. you know, because there wasn't really a break-in, but he was missing a bunch of stuff. So anyway, he um, he was missing a bunch of guitars. Well, I walked in a couple days later, and uh, there's a policeman standing there, and this young guy... Like, this kid walked into the exact store where my student Jason yeah. bought this guitar. Right, right. And walked tried to sell up a to the exact salesman that oh. sold him this oh, guitar. Oh, man. And goes, hey, uh, this was my dad's guitar, and I just want to sell it, and blah, blah, blah. And of course, the salesman is like... Immediately recognizes the guitar. Yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's like, uh-huh, because... He'd already found out that these guitars were stolen, yep, and so he's yep. like, uh-huh. Yeah, let me go talk to the manager real quick. So he goes in the back, and he comes back, and uh, and, and they're trying to stall the kids. They're like, man, I think this is worth a lot more than you think it's worth. Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, we're going to go look it up real quick. You're going to need to give us a few minutes, but I think it's worth, you know, so it throws out some outlandish number, right? right? And the kid's thinking, ooh, the I hit the jackpot. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, the police come walking in. <laughs> <laughs> I love stories like that. Yeah. I really, really do. You know what else I love? Barrel-aged Imperial Stouts. Barrel-aged Imperial Stouts? And we got some to try, my friend. We are... Uh, Twirly Gig uh, is delivering it to my hand. Do you see how Oh, that yeah, that's, uh, that's so nicely out. done. Uh, this is the 2021 Parabola. I almost said 2112 again. The 2021 Parabola Vintage Number no. 12 Imperial Stout. I guess because it's Vintage Number no. 12. Maybe that's why my brain keeps jumping to 2112. Anyway, oh, uh, it's from Paso Robles, California. It's Firestone Walker. And as well known as they are for their great IPAs and for their uh, 805 lager, uh, they are also, I think it was really oh, man. Uh, they their make, barrel-aged stuff that actually put them on the they map. They make the Merkin. They make yeah. all kinds yeah, of crazy just really, crazy really stuff. great stuff. So. Uh, so let's get to this. Uh, while you're pouring, maybe hand me that box and I'll uh, I'll share some of the information. That's There's on it. basically it's, it's a, an entire novel on here. Yeah. So we got we if got a few minutes this, left. If you our... handed this to the people over at Netflix, they could make like three seasons out of that. <laughs> Probably so. And, <laughs> and some of it would be in another language. That's right. <laughs> uh, our brewery began in 1996. They say when we delved into the rare art of fermenting beer in oak barrels. Uh, ten years later, we took our bar- we took our barrel machinations to the next level by aging beer in vessels inherited from bourbon houses and other spirits producers. Uh, ever since, the resulting beers have flown under the banner of the Proprietors Vintage Series, which has become one of the most extensive barrel aging programs in the craft industry. Of all the beers uh, in our Proprietors Vintage Series, Parabola is the most notorious. It's always a beast of a beer with intense flavors of black cherry, dark chocolate, and roast coffee. 
yet each annual release also bears its own subtle imprint. For the first time ever, this edition was aged for one year in an equal mix of bourbon, rye, and wheat whiskey barrels. We talked about wheat whiskey, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Accenting the beer's signature richness and intensity with the uh, vintage-specific hints of black pepper and cereal grain. Enjoy this beer now or sell it in a cool, dark place. Allow it to warm up in the glass when serving. So I think this was probably warmed a little in the case uh, and before we got it here. And this should be interesting. It was aged, uh, barrel-aged in bourbon, rye, and weeded whiskey barrels, the 2021 Parabola. So first off on the nose, uh, like raisin, dark fruit, mm-hmm. uh, oak. Almost, almost like a fruitcake. It's it's yeah, got such it's dried intense. darkness. It's intense yeah. and it almost has that 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 heavy uh It reminds me of the Goose Island uh, uh stout that they put out each year on the nose. Or like a dark bread yeah. even a mm-hmm. little bit too. Uh, okay, so flavor wise. Um I, mm. I'm not sure what to say. This is fantastic. <laughs> it's uh Holy it's moly, got, Batman. <laughs> it's got coffee, it's got chocolate, it's got uh, Kind of a beautiful bitter finish to mm-hmm. it. This, uh, the oak when you dryness. say bitter, it's like that bitterest of dark chocolate yes. kind of bitter. Right? Yeah. So if you've ever had like that eighty something percent or right. those kind of things, right? Yeah. Oh, this is really wonderful too. Really wonderful. This is not something you sit down mm. and like and uh, and drink a whole bunch of all at once. Mm-hmm. This is a. I want to sit and sip it. It is. It's like have a friend over, open up the bottle. You each pour a little, and you start telling really ridiculous stories oh, while yeah. you sip on this beer. This, with a little bit of chocolate. Mm, mm, yes. Um, a little bit of chocolate and uh, or, uh, or some kind of yeah, this some is, kind of pastry. This is not beer for tacos. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is not your Taco Tuesday beer. Mm. This is, um, it's so interesting. I love that coffee like bitterness to the to the finish and the oak dryness that follows that mm-hmm. it does finish chocolate. really dry and it's thick too it poured out pretty it poured out pretty, pretty thick pretty it's viscous. a pretty full mouthfeel on this it's mm. not it's not sticky Mm-mm. full i mean it is actually sticky because uh because it's you know sweet but it's not sticky but, but like, it is not as sticky though as some stouts and, right. and barley wines that we've had uh it's it's definitely uh, wow, it's really good. There's so much going on. It almost, it almost is hard to pull out all there's of the flavors. A, um, there's almost a uh, bitter, um, mm-hmm. dark cherry in there, kind of mm-hmm. sneaking around underneath it. Mm. Have that, you ever had dark chocolate-covered almonds? Yes. I'm picking up a little of what reminds me of that a little bit as well yes and then just because of a side note because you said dark chocolate covered almonds uh here in texas we have bucky's mm-hmm. bucky's is they do is is quite the They're franchise expanding. i understand there's one in tennessee now and uh, oh is there uh, okay, maybe so, in arkansas so this they, they're so brilliant with their marketing because they just sell how clean their bathrooms are and they are yeah and you know if you're traveling with any woman that's where you have to stop because yep clean bathroom that's right and clean i get bathrooms. that that's, yeah. that's actually and good. it works and then you're in the store and you're surrounded by all this great stuff and one of those great things in the store is dark chocolate covered pecans mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, these things are so good, they'll make you take back things you didn't even steal. You're preaching to the choir here on this <laughs> one. Yeah. No, it's absolutely true. And they've got some other uh, wonderful things in there as well. Their beef jerky is mm-hmm. about the best I've ever had. It's fantastic. Like, their, their beef jerky. And then there's a place in Center, Texas called Woody's Smokehouse. It's uh, Center, Texas, which is roughly halfway yeah. between here and Dallas on uh, 45. That has fantastic beef jerky as well, oh. but they don't have dark chocolate covered uh, pecans. Well, parabola can probably be found at least for a little while in most places that stock the, you know, the cooler, uh, bigger beers. But man, is it good! This is this is a special beer. This is like you sit down with. This is a twelve ounce bottle, by the mm-hmm. way, um, and it is a little boozy. Does it say what the ABV is? Yeah, it does. What is it? Thirteen and a half. Oh well. Thirteen point six. If you I want to be specific, color me completely not surprised. Uh, wow, it, that's... you know, so it tastes a little boozy, but in a great way. You mm-hmm. know, like like the way a, a a drink is made when you can taste the booze and it's just right. This mm. is this is like that. I'm finding that I just want to take little sips, but I want to keep taking them. You know, yep. it's not a big gulp it down beer. And it's warming up as I get lower. And I mm-hmm. think I like the flavor even better because it's starting to get more of that chocolatey richness mm-hmm. in it. Just from the my chocolate hand on the gets, glass. The chocolate gets deeper as it warms up a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, I'm going to tell you, that is a spectacular beer. Spectacular. Man, Firestone. These guys you can guys just about. crushed it. Yeah, they can just about do no wrong. I mean, and it's so interesting because when you when I think of Firestone Walker, the first thing I think about is the 808, and yeah. it's so light and crisp and refreshing and such a good lager beer. I don't ever buy six beer. packs of uh, 805. Or eight, did I say 808? I mean yeah. 805. Which sorry. is which is by the way a great sounding bass drum. Yeah, it, that's why I said 808 because I was thinking the of the 808 kick. I was thinking of the 808 um, kick. You, you yeah. were going, you were going all uh, 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 Run DMC on us, but um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, as opposed to the 909 where you go all nine inch nails, you know, right? Exactly. <laughs> so good. I, what I'm, do we know about I'm, these things? I'm glad I understand what you're saying. I really do. Uh, so no, but you were saying about the 805. Uh, the 805. <laughs> I don't buy it in six packs. I buy right, 12, 12 packs. Yeah, it's so good. Because it's just one, just just toss them in there and have them in it's there. It's such you know? a good, easy drinking beer. Mm-hmm. I love That's it. It's such a good beer. Absolutely love it. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back for our final segment, and we'll savor just a little more of this parabola. But yeah, I would just so say good. buy it if you find it. Buy it. If you like big beers of any kind, buy it. Adam, what um, do you think about this one? Yum. He just he said, said numb. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back at Smoking and Toasting, show number 252. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting, the show that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Check out our sponsor, uh, which is MyCigarShirts.com. Great shirts for cigar lovers on the web, and you can find them at MyCigarShirts.com because... Cigars. Yeah. Um, The uh, cap for the Firestone Walker says, Beer Before Glory. Oh, that's good. I really like that. (laughs) That's a a Florida man saying Mm. right there. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. 
Uh, well, um, National Beer Lovers Day was celebrated this month. It was September 7th. Um, and New England breweries uh, have always been, always held a special place in my heart because um, it was when I lived in Boston that I really discovered IPA. Um, plenty of people had discovered it before me. I was just late to the late to the party. But in in Boston, when I lived there, um, Harpoon IPA was as ubiquitous as any. I mean, like Shiner every, here right, or like uh, Yingling. Yes, every every places, bar would yeah. have you know Bud Light, Miller Light, and Harpoon Harpoon IPA. And that IPA is it's still wonderful, although my tastes have grown and expanded, you know, into loving other kinds of IPAs and other styles of beers as well. But it still it still holds a very special place in my heart. And then, uh, of course, there was also um, Magic Hat Brewery up in the yeah, New yeah. England area, which had the Magic Hat Number Nine, still mm -hmm. a great beer. But after I left that area. All these great clown shoes and all these great mm -hmm. little breweries started opening up in the New England area. And now the Providence Journal has recently done an expose on um, new uh, six New England breweries you might not know about but should. So for anyone who's from New England who's a listener to the show. Uh, Doesn't Dogfish Head also in New England? Uh, it's in uh, Delaware. In Delaware. Okay, yeah, it's gotcha. in, in Delaware, yes. Uh, but for anybody that is uh, from New England who's listening to the show, tell us if they're getting these right. And for anyone that... Is but Bruce says it seems visit. like they have a National Beer Lovers Day about once every two yeah, or three months. Yeah, it just months. has a slightly different name, you know. Uh, <laughs> he said, which is okay. Yeah, which works for me. We forgot we had it two months ago. Let's have it again. Uh, Stone Cow Brewery in Barry, Massachusetts. Uh, Stone Cow Brewery is located inside a barn on a 1,000-acre Carter and Stevens farm in Barry, a fifth-generation dairy farm that's been operating since 1938. On its website, Stone Cow warns that many of its beer styles sell out daily. Daily? Yes. Uh, so they urge people to call if you have your heart set on a particular style. Some of their current brews include an apricot saison, a coconut porter, a hibiscus soul ale, and several IPAs. Also on site is an ice cream stand and a weekend barbecue. Dude, yeah. dude let's go. I mean, <laughs> seriously, there's nothing they, that just described that doesn't sound good. In uh, Providence, Rhode Island, is Long Live Beer Works, focused on creating hop-forward craft beer as well as stouts and sours. Uh, for the summertime, they did a beer garden residency at Grant's Block, an outdoor space in downtown Providence. Its permanent location is on Sprague Street, where it moved in 2019. Current beer offerings, including a, uh, a Fading Into Autumn IPA, Taco Night Dark American Lager, that sounds good, uh, Ratifa, uh, Ratatifa Biscuits Pastry Stout and a Blood of a Frozy Fruited Sour. Blood of a Frozy? I don't know what that means. I don't know either. Uh, yeah. Uh, but anyway. Frozies are something northern. Like, that's I something think so. everybody knows about I that think we so. don't. Yeah. Uh, Earth Eagle Brewings in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, uh, recently opened its second location uh, near Summersworth. They are known for their unique use of herbs and fruit, particularly its Groot-style beers, which are charged with botanicals rather than hops. It is not uncommon to order a beer at Earth Eagle brewed with Whorehound, Dandelion, Yarrow, Yarrow or Mugwort. You know, I'm not going to put any of that down mugwort. until I've tried it, but Mugwort. Yeah, I just want to say. Uh, they also have a, a fruit menu of a dozen plus 
a food menu rather of a dozen plus hot dog varieties. Oh, nice. So, uh, all right. So you you had me at hot dog. Uh, Athletic Brewing Company in Stratford, Connecticut. Uh, uh, they make. They're the first brewery and tap room dedicated specifically to non-alcoholic beer. Everything they make is non-alcoholic. What? Uh, I know. Why, why would you? But I understand. There's a need for it. No, that's, that's I just never heard of such a thing. That's dedicated to that style. All right, here's what we're going to do. I got a list recently. And I'm gonna I'm gonna actually look back at my notes here so I can quote the list as Watch it here should for be foreshadowing. Quoted. Yeah, we I, I have a hold of a list that is titled 10 non-alcoholic beers as good as the real thing." All right, stop right there. You know what we need to do? Yeah, a non-alcoholic beer blind taste test. Blind taste test. <laughs> I guess we're gonna have to. Uh, what's crazy though is when we do these. I just want to point out it will be one of the more sober moments of my life. Yeah, it totally will. <laughs> What's it going to be like doing that show? So here's the thing: um, when we here the other part of this is whenever we do these taste tests. Like I remember when we did the light beer blind taste test. And we've done two of these now. When we did those, I remember I went out and bought all this light beer, six packs. Because you can't buy individual light beers yeah, in most right. places. Nobody right? puts one right. Nobody Miller puts Light one on Miller the shelf light. to buy. Although my wife did come home with a single on the Yingling, but that's a that's a, a, a an exception to the rule. We we I bought all this light beer and we did the taste test. And we decided what our winners were, and for months, I had a beer closet full of light beer. So you know what I use uh, macro brews for when they're left at my house? What's that? I use them on my fire and my grill. Oh, see, I use them. I have, to cook I have with, a charcoal yeah. grill though, mm -hmm. so that's. Oh, yeah, but right. it imparts flavor if you. Does impart some flavor? Yes. So what I'll do is I'll let the charcoal superheat. A bit, apparently. And then I'll just pour a little on the charcoal. Yeah, and yeah. Oh no, gives I love that. that. Nice yeah, gives it nice flavor. little barley. Yeah, no, I, I know. What barley you're and rice flavor. That's yeah. a good idea. And I suppose that the non-alcoholic beer would do that too. Probably. From what I understand, though, if you think that non-alcoholic beer is all like St. Pauli girl. Uh, think again, because it's it's getting pretty good. All right, apparently. So I have I have a variation on that. Even why not we do a couple back and forth, maybe a competition where I pour you two beers, one's non-alcoholic and one is not. Oh, and we try to figure it out, and we try to figure out which one's which. We All can right. go back and forth on a few All of those. Right, I'm down. I'm down. Let's do that. So we'll call it the um, we'll call it the non-alcohol. No, we'll just call it the sober challenge. How about the that? Sober challenge. The sober challenge. Right. That works for me. That absolutely works for me. Uh, let me also tell you uh, that Athletic Brewing Company, by the way, Stratford, Connecticut, they specialize in all they do is non-alcoholic beers, and they uh, recently completed a fifty million dollar funding round, uh, which will lead to a larger East Coast brewery. Uh, in and they are also opening up a hundred and fifty thousand barrel brewery in San Diego soon. So they're going I'm big. Oddly time. excited to, about that. Like yeah. I'm oddly, oddly excited to see what that is. Because like, how cool would it be mm -hmm. to just have non-alcoholic beer and you show up in a and place where beer it. is incredibly inappropriate? Yes, and you just start drinking your beer, <laughs> and it's non-alcoholic. I love it. I love it. Yeah. 
church. Uh, Lucy and Howe Brewing Company in Jericho, Vermont, is what they call a nano brewery, which by definition produces less than 15,000 barrels of beer per year. Uh, it's brewed in an 1850s house in Jericho, Vermont, by a brewer who started in Austria and then worked at Magic Hat as one of its lead brewers. Uh, it's slowly winding towards a deep library of carefully made ales and lagers. Doesn't that sound fascinating? Mm -hmm. A deep library of carefully made Ales and lagers. I want to go visit. And finally, the Odd Alewives Farm Brewery in Walderboro, Maine, uh, named the best tasting room for 2021 by Down East Ma uh, Magazine. Uh, they operate a wood fire kitchen, tasting room and brew pub, and a garden that grows exclusively for its beer and food production. Uh, they uh, make farmhouse ales with 95 to 100% main ingredients. So That's pretty there you cool. Go. Yeah. So a few things to check out, my friends, uh, from an article in the Providence Journal. If you are in the New England area or are going to be visiting, like if you're going up for Leaf Peep, which is, Leaf I think, Peep. happening around now, uh, go check out some cool breweries. It'll be a great thing to do. Uh, I, I want to make sure that we... You know, it, uh, now that we've made it to 252 episodes, as we keep going and keep growing here on this show, you and I have got to just take cameras and phones and and just go to more stuff, more breweries, more we just need to be more those humidors. People. We just need to be those people. I like that idea because you know what it leads to? Smoking and drinking. Yeah, so yeah, which we kind of like here. Samples, samples. Yeah. Um, I went by a, a brewery last week called Excalibur Brewing. It's in Old Town Humble, oh. just north of Houston. Mm -hmm. And uh, two things there. First off, you know how you buy the beer flights, and they almost always have like a paddle that you yeah, yeah, right. Stuff. The paddle, of course, was a sword. Oh, nice. Of course, it was <laughs> of right. Course it was. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. awesome. That's and the great. second thing is, I had what was. Possibly one of the best porters really? ever. Wow, there. that's a big so that's a big statement. Good. It's a big barrel statement. aged porter made in house there. Uh, all right. Well, we'll have to go and uh, check them out uh, next week on the show. Trenton uh, from Oliva will be Can't joining wait. us uh, with I think some new Oliva cigars. So very excited about Double that. Can't we'll, be, wait. we'll be on location. Any last thoughts, uh, Ian, on our uh, on our fine little Firestone Walker is brew? This so freaking good. Yeah. Like, it's so good. Like, I can't stop drinking it. Mm hmm So, uh, yeah, Firestone Walker crushing it again. Uh, very good. Well, lots of good stuff on the show today. I really enjoyed the tequila as well. And this uh, uh, this victory idea My brain comes fantastic. up with yet another idea for our uh, non-alcoholic beer Tell me. Uh, uh, show. Uh, I figured what we could do is we could have a show where all you do is drink non-alcoholic beers. And I drink all the alcoholic beers and see who has more fun on the show. I'm going to have to take that under advisement. <laughs> As I said, yeah. whenever, whenever you like uh, uh, give a, a suggestion to your boss or something and they respond with, I'm going to take that under advisement. Oh, that's definitely it means, a no. Shut the hell up. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, sure, Ian, we'll get right to that. Yeah, we're yeah. on it, buddy. Uh, but I did like your idea, though, of us each pouring each other. One alcoholic beer, one non-alcoholic beer, handing it over and seeing, you know. First yeah, we'll of all, have to we try tell? to match styles. Right, right. You know, first of all, can we tell? And even if we can, how's the flavor profile? Right, mm -hmm. should be interesting. 
Man, a Firestone Walker is so good. I wonder if Firestone Walker could make a non-alcoholic Parabola vintage. Not at 13.6%. Um, no, of course they couldn't. And I don't I don't know how they could get it out of there uh, without so that. Well, uh, thank you guys so much for being a part of our show today. Thank you for uh, listening and for checking out Smoking and Toasting. Thank you to Adam on the Wheels of Steel, Mary who handles our booking, and uh, thank you most of all to you for being here and being a part Cruise. of Smoking and Toasting. Thank you. Oh, well, you're welcome. Oh, I'm what, almost out What'd I do? Cheers. I got just a little tequila left, so <laughs> cheers, y'all. Yeah.